Welcome to the Rabbit Desk Podcast. I'm Rob Lazzi. Thank you so much for listening today. John Davis tells his story. Corporate action hero. Talks about overcoming limits, about how he got paralyzed, waist down, and recovered, and got back to jumping off of three-story buildings. But first, I'd like to thank Best Outdoor Living Products, as they are the first sponsor of the Rob at Desk Podcast. BestOutdoorLivingProducts.com is where you can find furniture for your backyard patio. They offer Brazetta Poly Furniture, which is some of the finest, heavy-duty, long-lasting outdoor furniture on the market today. Enter Rob at Desk 2021. That's Robert Desk 2021 to get 15% off your high-density polyurethane outdoor furniture order. And now the conversation with John Davis. Mr. John Davis, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, I am really excited to be here and talk with you. I, I, I was checking your podcast out. You're, you really do get some interesting people on there. Well, thank you. You're, I'd count you as one of those interesting people as well. I, oh, I, I appreciate you've, uh, your flexibility, too. We've had to try this a few times, and we finally made it work. Yeah, no, this is great. I, we're all in this thing together, so let's uh, make it work together. Yep. And so the first question to get this going, what I had to ask for you is, how does one become a corporate action hero? That's a great question. Let me, let me kind of <laughs> kind of back up a little bit. Um, I was a professional stuntman, fight choreographer, fight director. Uh, I went on to become an artistic director of theme parks, and I did a lot of that kind of work. But over the course of years, I had a comedy sword fighting show called Hack and Slash that went all over the world, including the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan on six USO tours. Oh, wow. And later in my life, I decided that I really wanted to uh, help people reach their, their goals because I had reached so many of my goals after early on in my career. I, my dreams were to be a, a, a fight director and a stuntman, and I ended up having a debilitating back um, accident that um, left me paralyzed for about a year and a half. Oh, wow. And uh, I worked my way out of that bed and jumped off of a three-story three tower. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you, you, you set your goals a little bit differently than most, I think. Yes, I, yes, I, yes, I do. But I, as I did that Hack and Slash show, I found that after the show, I was really enjoying spending time just sitting there helping people reach their goals. So I said, i got to find a way to be able to do cool stuff with whips and nunchucks and crazy stuff like that and comedy but also be able to take it into a, a place where I can help people achieve their goals. So I started creating this thing called the Corporate Action Hero, and uh, that's my keynote name. Okay. And I go out to corporations, and I work with teams, and I get them to reach peak performances and awaken their interaction heroes. Very cool. Now, so pre-COVID, how, how many nights a year are you on the road doing this? That's, a, that's an interesting question because the year before COVID, I traveled 200 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, now you got for each for each event you have the day before and the day after is travel and then the day of is considered travel as well. Correct. So, you know, so 200 days, yeah, it was a it was a busy year. So, wh where do you call home when you're not on the road? I am in Akron, Ohio. Oh, yes, LeBron James territory. Oh, yeah, yeah. I you, actually, I live in Fairlawn and um LeBron's house is probably 
less than three, four miles from here. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I grew up in Toledo on the northwest side of Ohio. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I'm familiar with the east, northeast side there. But when you did it, you mentioned amusement park work. Did you do anything for Cedar Point over there in uh, north central Ohio? I, I, I did not. I did a lot of small regional parks, and then I directed a lot of Renaissance festivals. Okay. Um, I directed the Florida Renaissance Festival both north and south. I did Tennessee. I did the Great Lakes show up here in Ohio. Um, so I did a lot of the Renaissance Festival work and then smaller theme park stuff as well. I also did a lot of event planning for um, cities, like for the city of Norfolk. They had a pirate festival, and I directed the, the, the festival. And so there was a lot of things, a lot of various other things that were going on as well. So I did a lot of theme-oriented things. Okay, very cool. So I was, I was looking at your website, and being a corporate action hero, I'm convinced I would want to do something like that just so that I can rip my button-off shirt like Superman and call that work and use the butt and be able to write off the shirt with ripping the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, I don't do that. I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no. So you want, you have a pretty interesting journey there where you, with, tell me how, with a back injury, what was that? Cause it took you a year and a half of a being paralyzed. Was that, was that, I'm assuming waist down or where was that? Uh, uh, the, the, the actual paralyzed was about a month and a half. And then it was about a year of, of, just getting back to being able to walk and be normal. Wow. Um, but let me let me back up a little bit. I had um, I had already started my career working towards being a stuntman and a fight director. I was already uh, working out and, and doing sword fights, and and uh, I was strong. I was I was going for my black belt, and you know I was really a very fit young man with long Fabio hair in those days. <laughs> now now I've got no hair, so that's good. <laughs> um, Cutting down the much, much less budget, maintenance, right? <laughs> Um, but, um, the interesting thing was that the, the work that I was, was doing was, you know, a chance for me to do all this physical stuff. So I was getting really strong. And then somebody called me up one day and said, Hey, can you help me unload my van? And he was a professional potter. He made pottery. It's a beautiful potter, pottery. And, um, I said, sure, I'll come out and help you. This is another workout, right? Right. Well, his van was filled with 80-pound boxes of clay. Oh. And I got up in that in that van, and I picked up the very first box, and I lifted it up, and I twisted the turn to set it outside of the van, and my upper body separated from my lower body. Whoa. And when I say that, I literally mean that. My spline, my spine split in two. Um they uh, took me to the hospital. They informed me that I had a condition known as spina bifida occulta, uh, which basically means my my uh, vertebrae never formed properly at birth. Oh, geez. And um, when I twisted that day with the extra weight, it literally disconnected the top half of my body. Now, do you, like, think and back on that? Of all the things you did and stunt and all this stuff, this is what got you? This little <laughs> twist of that little extra weight, it was just the correct angle and the correct leverage that did it. Wow. And I had been doing falls. I had been doing flips over people's back. I've been throwing my body to the ground in fights for for years before that, and it was that little twist in the wrong way that did it. So here, I, here I was in a hospital bed lying there, and somebody gave me a book called The Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee, and um, I found out later that Bruce, when he wrote that book, had just been told that he would never do martial arts again or lift weights again because uh, he had just had a severe back injury. And in his book, it's, it's really a book about the philosophy of martial arts rather than a martial art itself. And he talks in there about mental flexibility and being like water. And so I had to get real flexible in my mindset about what was happening in my life. 
And so I had to start leveraging my present moments to get myself back to being able to walk. And that first month and a half, it was literally a minute at a time going, okay, what am I doing now? Today, I'm going to move my toes. Tomorrow, I'm going to move my ankles, you know. And slowly, by the end of a month and a half, I was able to sit up, but I wasn't able to really. I still had to have people help me go to the bathroom, walk to the bathroom. And by the end of a year, I, like I said, I was back to uh, normal, but I didn't have the muscle mu- musculature that I had beforehand. I wasn't as strong as I was. And um, so at, at the year point, I really got into the gym and was doing yoga. I was doing uh, regular um, visits to the chiropractor who was constantly pushing my spine back in place so that the muscles can reset um, and doing a lot of work on making sure I had a really strong lower back. And at, at a year and six months, I literally stood on top of a three-story tower and jumped. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know if I'd do that if I was cleared healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you have a dream like I had, that, that's like a that's like a standard. You have to be able to do the high falls. <laughs> right. Well, that's the other thing, too. Let's see, it's back. It's a, it was back to normalcy for you. It was. It was. It was back to being being that um, that young, vibrant guy who was who was really, you know, doing that kind of work. That was I really when I was a kid, man, my, my whole thing was I wanted to be I wanted to be Errol Flynn. You know, <laughs> I you, do all those swashbuckler movies and did you sword freak fights your, and rope swings. Did you freak out your parents growing up? Like he's jumping out of the tree oh. again. Someone. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. We, I, I, uh, I grew up in a family of uh, a total of seven kids. Okay. Uh, we were a big, big Catholic family. Okay, and that makes sense. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily sh- sure that they knew everything I was doing. <laughs> they were a little overwhelmed, <laughs> really. Like, um, street lights came on. You walked in. They're like, okay, he's fine. <laughs> Oh, he's here. Okay, good. We can keep going. One, two, three. Anyone seen six? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. You're explaining your uh, like how you started like with this. It just all I can think of is a Calvin and Hobbes comic strip with like you have someone there like a Hobbes like, hey, let's go do this, and like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's take this wagon right. down the hills. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and I, I I was talking to somebody the other day, and <laughs> I was talking. It was a, a professional flight director guy, a friend of mine. Actually, it was actually it was a while ago, but um. He was actually in the Star Wars movies. And oh yeah. I was saying he's saying he, he said, "Did you have injuries?" We we're talking about our injuries because that's what that's what fight directors do. <laughs> talk about their injuries, right? And I said, "Well, yeah, like right over this eye is my nunchuck scar. And my nose is crooked because I broke it on a bullwhip. And this scar between my eyes here—that's a broadsword. And this puncture wound in my beard—that's from a rapier. And these wrinkles right here are from age." <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> And his response was, you know, you really should learn to stop parrying with your face. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. You you mentioned the whip, and I saw some videos on your website, too, because, like, you use the whip on you with your corporate action hero uh, performances. And the actually it's it's one of the it's one of the culminating moments. It's actually the the final thing I do in my main corporate action hero speech. I do several different ones. but The main corporate action hero speech, I bring a the most timid person I can find in my audience to the stage. In under five minutes, they learn how to crack that whip and take targets out of my hand. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Is like you let amateurs, you, you become the stand-in, and you let other people crack the whip in front of you, which, I mean, I hope you have a great insurance policy. Uh, <laughs> well, the interesting thing is is that I, I don't have to have an insurance on, insurance on me, but I have to have insurance to go to an event. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> to I do can, that. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Right? Oh, but, my goodness. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't I it, I've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. OK, I've been hit once. 
Really? And and even that hit was just like the tips of my finger, right? Because what I'm doing is actually is actually a very sound um, technique of neuroscience, neur- neurology. I'm changing the way they think about their moment. Um, I'll give you just kind of to walk you through it. Yeah. When yeah. The person comes on stage. I've chosen the most timid person. So I know empathetically their fear is being in front of these people. Mm-hmm. So I bring them on stage and I start immediately giving positive reinforcement from the audience. Isn't she a rock star for coming up here to give her all this great applause, right? Mm-hmm. And so they start giving her positive reinforcement. When it gets down to the time when I'm supposed to teach her how to crack the whip, I have, I have said, well, you know, we need to just build some rapport because we've never worked together before. So I'm taking it real easy with her. Mm-hmm. And then I go, um, have you ever been fishing? And she says, uh, either yes or no, doesn't really matter. I go, well, today, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to teach you how to, how to cast a fishing rod. How's that sound? You know, because when, you, when you're teaching somebody a skill like that, you don't want them thinking pain, danger, or frisky Friday night. Right. You, know? you, want, them thinking, you want them thinking, you know, calm, serene, easy, especially if he's gonna, they're going to crack a towards me, right? Right. So, so I have this moment. I have them in this mindset of fishing. I hand them a bullwhip. Audience laughs because I just handed them a bullwhip, right? Now that's a moment of tension because now she's holding a bullwhip and she knows she's holding a bullwhip, right? At that precise moment, because I know that's a moment of tension, I turn to the audience where she's facing and I make that whole entire section of the audience make a fish face. You can't see it on the podcast, but on the video, it looks like this, (laughs) right? Right. Um, Hands under my chin, making gills and my mouth uh, gasping for air. So I have that entire section of the audience doing that, which makes her laugh. So I've already taken her out of the fear and into the into laughter. Now I get her to say, okay, now, now that you know how to cast your fishing rod, all you got to do now is look at your fish and choose which fish you hate the most. Oh, <laughs> and that gets a laugh and she laughs. <clears throat> Finally, I said, just, just, just cast your fishing rod and just point it at the fish you, you want to catch. And, and, and they crack the whip. It cracks instantly because it's the same technique. Casting the rod is the same technique as cracking a whip. So then I say, okay, you've done that. You have the skill. Let me, let's do it at the next level because every time you get a skill, there's always something that comes up that seems contrary to what you're trying to achieve. And I pull out a target and I hold it out. Now, right away, she has a fear. Her fear is she's going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. A valid fear. So I, turn, I turn to her and I, first I say, did you hear it crack? I, I'm, I'm reinforcing the fact that she actually made it crack. Did you hear it crack? She yes. I said, so you don't even have to think about making the whip crack because you already know how to make it crack. You already know how to make it crack. You already know how to make it crack. So I do that three times because that's hypnotic suggestion. Now I'm putting that in, into her mind. So you already know how to make it crack. So I'm trying to change her timeline from learning a skill to knowledge of the skill. Once I get her to that space, then I say, now, now look at me. And I get her to look me right in the face because I know her fear is hurting me, right? Mm-hmm. I have to make a connection with her. I say, I promise you will not hurt me. You know, sometimes when you're, when you're taking somebody through something stressful, you got to lie to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, I've, I've got to realize as the leader, it's her experience and not mine. And if I can keep her in her experience without stress or anxiety, She'll hit the target every time is, is just because that's what she focuses on. The one time that I was hit, as the guy, it was a guy, and as he came to the stage, his boss said, huh, this is going to be funny because this guy's going to get hit. 
Oh, so you already put so, it in his mind. Yeah, he already put it in his mind. I have never been hit by anybody else in that whole process, right? Because once you shift the mindset, your mind can create any outcome you want as long as you stay focused and stay calm and stay out of your fear. Now, how did you get on the uh, learning this mindset process? Like, what got you on that track to learn, like, if you, like the neuroscience of, like, the process here? That is a great question. I started that process when I read that Bruce Lee book. Okay. As soon as I read that flexibility thing, I was like, wow, you know, he got out of the bed. Because Bruce Lee did every martial arts film that we knew him for after he was in that bed. Oh, wow. Right? So, so here I was going, okay, I'm in this bed too. I'm, and so as I started getting out of the bed, I started realizing that it was my mind that was doing it. And then when I went to the front lines of Iraq and I talked to the soldiers, I'd say, how, uh, how can you do this? How can you go out there and know you're going to get shot at? And how can you do this? You know? And they say, well, we have to set our fear aside. We have to compartmentalize our fear. And the way that's done is the way, it was, the way they were doing it was the same way that we, we were taught as actors to do it, was that if you're on stage and you forget all your lines, you, you are trained to exhale and relax every muscle in your body. And so by exhaling, you actually shut off the primal flight or flight response. Because when somebody gets into a fear state, the first thing they say is they don't feel like they can breathe. They start panting. Okay, right? yeah. Well, the reason that's happening is, is not because they can't breathe. It's because they're in the fight or flight response and the body is conserving air so they can run further and faster. It's a primal response. By exhaling and relaxing, it shuts off the fight or flight response and turns your brain back on. Interesting. And so these guys were able to shut off that fear response. They also had something else that made it easy for them was that they had an objective, they had a goal, something to focus on. Now, what I've kind of tapped into here is I do, I have a process that I use called the five F's. Okay. And the five F's are what I call my, my five F's of achievement. First one is fearlessness, setting your fear aside. And when, you, when you're dealing with fear, you have to realize that fear is just an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with your outlook that it's gonna be a negative outcome. It's just negatively focused uncertainty because it's not happening right here and now, it's something that's fearful and ahead of you. So that's the first thing you have to do is realize it's not, in, it's not happening now, it's just an emotional reaction to uncertainty. Okay. Second thing is you get focused on the outcome, what you wanna achieve, what you wanna create. So you're gonna fearlessly focus. Now, if you get focused on something negative, you're gonna to start to see negative things because that's the way the subconscious mind works. And I can I can prove that one to you. That's an easy. Okay. One. Have you ever bought a car? Absolutely. Okay. What did you choose? What kind of car you wanted before you went to the store to buy it? For the most part, yeah, I had it dialed in. Okay. Okay. Did you notice that once you made that decision, you started seeing that kind of car everywhere? Absolutely. Right. But it's a That's Toyota. They're you, on the roads everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Your subcon your conscious mind shows something. Your subconscious mind started making you recognize it and see it in your experience to help you achieve what you're focused on. Oh, yeah. The bad part is if you focus negatively, your subconscious mind's going to show you negative things. And if you're focused positively, it's going to show you positive things. So you focus on a car, you saw that kind of car, right? So you got to make sure that your focus is on the positive outcome, not the, tri the, the, the hazards along the pathway. So you got to get fearlessly focused. Okay. The third is faith, belief, confidence. You get focused on an outcome, but you have to also believe you can get it. Okay. And, okay, so 
<clears throat> the way you the way you do that, let's go step back to focus now. Standing on top of that three story tower, getting ready to jump off. I'm not focused on I'm not focused on the tower. Right. I'm not focused on the amount of hours it took me to get to the top of that tower. And I'm not even focused on the jump. I am focused on where I'm gonna land. I'm focused on the final successful outcome. On the target. And that's how I make it to the center of the target. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to focus on that, but I also have to believe that I'm going to land there. It's kind and, of, you know, if you have that belief, you're going to make it. No problem. It's kind of like safety driving, too. Is like if you focus on that tree or whatever in a storm, you'll be amazed how many people will hit that tree. Hit that tree. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So, so let's see. we got fearlessly focused with faith. The next one is the hard one. It's the hardest of all of them, actually. It's, it's follow through. Okay actually actually taking the action you know in our conscious moment we only have thought word and deed but deed is the last one it's the one that's gets when you're closest to your getting your goal it's the thing that, that drives you forward you actually have to get off your couch and go do something or in my case you know today move my toes tomorrow move my ankles right right so so i had to actually actively do something to get out of that bed same thing with these soldiers and these stuntmen they to get the skills that they have and to do the things, the things that they're doing, they had to actively step out and do things, right? Yep. The word action, word action means create motion, start momentum, or do something. The word hero means uh, someone who achieves an extraordinary result in service of others, right? Okay. So that's what action heroes are. The last of the five, just to throw it out here, is is the one we actually started on, and that's flexibility. When something comes up that seems contrary to what you're trying to achieve, You've got to realize that you're still getting your goal and this is just something that your subconscious mind is showing you that needs to be addressed to get to your goal instead of being stopped by it realize it's something you have to work through uh disregard or incorporate to to yeah to get to your goal you just never take your eye off the target no that makes sense no I, like i coached high school basketball for all you can see how that would they would all tie into that the one thing is like it's like you like you said is getting them off the couch. They all want all those other things, but like getting off the couch sometimes is the biggest step to you know. Well, and, and what's and what's interesting, the reason they don't get off the couch is because of number one, the fear. Yes. There's some fear stopping them from moving, right? Yeah. And sometimes that fear is uh, fear of having to do something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what I find but, is the, is like the fear of that they're not gonna like they all have these dreams of playing in the NBA or, you know, having play, having a college, you know, scholarship. And you're like, there's nothing wrong with just being a really good, the best you can high school basketball player and being proud of right. that. But like they see all these expectations of the world going, if you don't, if you can't be the best, why even try? Right. And that's, that's the, the thing is, it, and it, I just actually, interestingly enough, I just did a short video on this exact thing. If you're seeking fame, you're not getting the job done. You're wasting your time. You know, your fame will come by, by your value and the things that you bring. And so if you if you go out there and, and truly love with passion what you're doing and stay focused on, on that, your fame will come. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've been all over the world and done crazy things. I've worked with movie stars. I've done all the things that I'm very well known in the fight circles because of the fact that I just bring my game. You know, I go there and I do what I do and I do it well. Yeah. And that, that's really the key to success. You know, um, there was a oh used to be a, a motorcycle builder named Indian Larry, and his big big quote was, "If you do what you love, the money will come." Mm -hmm. And I believe that wholeheartedly, and I've lived that my entire life. No, that's great. 
And the, I was thinking with your five F's and your neuroscience and how you've you know trained your mind and probably inadvertently trained other people's mind. Is and purposely done and it purposely too. done it too. So all I can think of is because. I don't know if you've watched it, but my wife and I are in like season three of The Mentalist with Patrick Jane. So have you ever tried to solve crimes now too? Are you is that like your next step is going to be like I'm going to go work with <laughs> I'm going to go work with an investigative bureau, pick one, and you're like, yep. and just like I'm going to I'm going to go around and hang out with these cops and help solve crimes with my abilities. You know what? I I I I'm at a point in my life where I'm really wanting to help as many people as I can, and then I'm going to go to retire on a beach somewhere and paint pictures. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> You're, the worst thing that could happen is something ha bad happens on the beach. You're like, I think I know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, gr I grew up in a beach resort, and um, now I live in Ohio because my son moved here with, with uh, uh, wife number two. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and uh, when she moved here and brought him, I moved to Ohio. But um, I grew up in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, which is a beautiful East Coast beach town with, you know, dolphins and the waves and lighthouses and just beautiful. Oh. And uh, I'm really looking forward to retiring back there at some point in my life and literally getting my, my, my canvas out and my paints out and painting pictures. Very good. Very good. So with the whole world the way it is, with things slowly opening back up, are you hitting the road here soon? Like, is this is because like, people like you are the ones you look at the barometers like of going when trade shows start happening again, corporate gatherings start happening again. That's kind of like the sign of the world kind of coming back together because like. Well, just here, 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 here's the sign. I have been getting bookings for summer and fall already. Okay. Um, I'm getting a lot of live events that are already booking. Um, but I'll tell you something else. When COVID hit, my business went away because, you know, I'm, I go into small rooms with large numbers of people. Yeah. Right. And using my five F's, I was able to stay flexible and it happened. Yep. And I went, okay, this is an opportunity. What opportunity can I do? I upped my video game. I upped my virtual game. I, I, I started, I got deeper into writing my book because when you're on the road for 200 days a year, mm -hmm. you're not writing your book. Right. You know, you're traveling. Right? So I got into writing my book more. Um, so the book is further along. I'm, I have online courses I've been working on that are coming out in a few months. Very cool. So over the course of this time, I've been able to leverage COVID to do all these things. Now, as I'm coming out of COVID, I'm going to go back to doing the live events. I don't think virtual events are going to go away. Not at all. I think that I think they're going to be a continuation of that. So now I have live event. I have a virtual event product. And I have other products. And I have new whole new products and services because I was able to stay flexible and not drop into my fear when COVID hit. No, absolutely. So do you have any, let me know if you ever have uh, any of those shows landing in the Denver area. Oh yeah. I've been to Denver several times. So that's, that's where I'm out of here. So I, but I did my time in Ohio, too, so I, I can also empathize <laughs> with wanting to retire somewhere else. I always joked when LeBron went to Miami for the first time, I go, it's okay, I left Ohio for less money, too. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sad part is, well, I, I won't say sad part. Um, <laughs> I came to Ohio, and Ohio, for motivational speakers, is a dead market. Yeah. There's not a lot, there's not a lot of money in Ohio no. for, for speakers. So I was over on the East Coast, so I was near New York and Washington, and I was, you know, so now I... Because I'm a speaker, I travel, so that's okay. But yeah, I, I now travel more because I'm now in in a zone that I can't drive to these events. Well, yeah, at least you got low costs of living. That's uh, when you're in the other markets. There is that, and and I'm very fortunate. I only ha I have the Akron Canton Airport 20 minutes from my house, and it's a tiny little airport that I can 
walk in and be at my gate in under five minutes. Isn't that incredible? Awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. No one likes a bragger here, John, okay? Nobody likes a bragger. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Before I let you go here, I think we're running out of time on our Zoom call here. But uh, the other thing is, uh, one thing I like to ask people is, I'm newly married. Before I got mm-hmm. married, I asked for pre-marriage advice. Now I'm in this marriage just about a year, a few months away from a year. We got married in the whole COVID world. So any marriage advice that you can sort of set me up with? Well, I they call me Triple X because I have three of them. Oh, see, um, I, I like experience. <laughs> I'm a fan of experience. Yeah, and I it's interesting because the experience that I did get uh, is is important because two things I learned. Number one, communication has to be open all the time. It cannot be, you cannot hold things back. You've got to be clear and open and bluntly honest because if you're not open and clear, that, that's going to create contention. Mm-hmm. Number two, and this is, and probably should be number one, and this, this was the cause of me having three ex, ex-wives, is the fact that when they, you got together, it was because you liked each other and you have to remain you for them to love you. You know, and you will not be happy changing who you are. For me, I'd get into those marriages and expectations would come up and they wanted me to change who I was and what I was doing. And, you know, you have to have unconditional love because the second that love becomes conditional, then then you're, it's a downfall of a marriage. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So very good. Well, anything before anything is a great conversation. Fun talking with you, John. I wish we could go on for a while, but you taught me how to you know set up my zoom account here and i didn't i'm on the free one here so it gives us just a few more minutes i think i think it's like 40 <laughs> minutes or so with the first one and i don't want it to i think yeah well so, we can talk we can talk about that later i think i think uh for one-on-ones it's unlimited really but, um yeah oh, okay. yeah and then it, it's 40 minutes for three or more guests i think okay all right well if it goes past 40 here and it ends abruptly we'll know why <laughs> so, but um, I I could I, I do them I do them all the time and I I also am on the free account. Okay, so you know you're from experience. All right, yeah. I yeah, fe- I felt yeah. bad like I was like when you're trying to learn something new. It's like I've used Zoom before, but I've never really set up the call before. And you're always fearful like oh they're going another ten dollars a month because everything in this world now costs ten dollars a month. I'll tell you the smartest thing you did that that I I messed up when I first went on Zoom was. You started with record on. That was the best thing you could have done because I've done complete hour-long interviews and realized I never hit record. Oh, that's brutal. And then I got to call them up and say, I'm so sorry. There, you know, there was a glitch and I didn't hit record. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping they hear the glitch part and not that I didn't hit record. <laughs> right. um, but, <laughs> um, that's that neuroscience but, coming in there. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, um, but yeah, I, you hit record. So that's that's the big key. And it, the, you know the best part now about Zoom is you don't even have to hit stop. All you have to do is leave the the thing, and it's going to drop your all your your files right on you right away. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I felt um, I felt yeah, you know, the one lesson you're asking me about the one lesson I would give. Yeah, yeah. Like, what well, if you're le- a takeaway? What's the good takeaway? Well, what's a good takeaway? Here's 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 the best takeaway. You only live in one moment, and your job is to make this moment successful you know when you're in this moment and you're looking at your goal you don't have to get to it that's the problem that most people have they have this daunting goal that's way out there that they're trying to get to that's not the way the brain works the brain says you only have one moment and it's the present moment 
You can't go to the store next Thursday right now, and you can't go to the store last Thursday right now. You can only do it right now. And so the things you do in your present moment, those small present moment successes stack up, and that big giant success is coming to you. So make sure you don't beat yourself up when you mess up. Make sure you're making every moment successful. Here's the biggest key. When you do have a moment that's messed up, don't smack yourself on top of the head and say, I'm so dumb. Say, oh, that's just silly. I'm just, I'm still going to get my goal, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a silly moment. And get back to doing successful things. Those small successful moments bring you the outcome you're looking for. No, absolutely. Actually, have you ever heard of, uh, I think I'm pronouncing the name right, John Akuf or Akuf? He wrote a book called uh, Finished. And he talks similar, like, a similar phrase just then. I was just, just looking it up is uh, where perfectionism is like the enemy of getting things done. Right, it's right, like, right. And, you know, it, it, when you look at like Apple, yeah, like the company Apple, Apple did not have a business plan until they were a decade in. Huh. They weren't analyzing. They were taking bold action. You know, yeah. they were jumping and, and, and finding the things as they go. So I find in my life that if you're, if you're not in constant motion, if you're, if you're stuck in analysis paralysis, you're drawing stagnant. But just like in nature, if water's running downhill and rushing, that water's filled with oxygen and life, and it's healthy. Mm -hmm. Take that same exact water and drop it into a puddle, and it becomes stagnant and poisonous, and bugs lay their eggs in it, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to stay in, in motion. You have to be constantly, even when you get the goal, set another one right away. Oh, absolutely. Keep moving. Keep moving. It's, it's funny when you talk about that with like saying goals. You hear stories of these you know, superstar athletes. They win the championship, and they're just going, well, what's next? Because they hit their goal. Right. And, you know, it, it, the, the mind is an amazing thing. The mind is the only thing that can limit you. You know, when, they, when, when that one runner finally broke the four-minute mile, several others broke it a couple months later. Mm -hmm. Because that first person broke the four-minute mile, then everybody else said, oh, it's possible. Because up until that point, nobody thought it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, so it's a matter of your mind can, can create anything. The only reason I can do the things that I do, that have done in my life, and now I've been in 30 countries around the world. I've been in the pyramids of Giza, on top of, top of Machu Picchu. I've done sword fights. I've worked with Brad Pitt, David Duchovny. I've, you know, I've done a lot of big, cool things. Mm -hmm. And it was only because my mind was in play. And I, and I knew that I could do whatever I set my mind to. What, what would you say were like the preparedness? Like, cause I think a lot of people, like they want those things. They want, you know, they think their mind's ready but they're not prepared for the moment when the moment arrives. Well, that's, it's really interesting is, is everything you said was, was almost fear-based, right? Yeah. <laughs> the lack of preparedness is the fear of, of not being ready. Yeah. Right. Like I also believe and, I, it was the quote from Sir Richard Branson. If someone tells you to do, ask you to do something that you're not ready for, but you want to do it, still say yes. And learn, oh, how, yeah. and learn how to do oh, it. Yeah. But I just see so many people that are just like, like the couch analogy is sitting on the couch waiting for something to happen. But like you're saying with action, it's like you still have to go get yourself prepared and be ready when the phone rings or the opportunity opens up. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a big secret. <laughs> um, you, if you watched my promo video on my, on my website, corporateactionhero.com, yeah. there's a promo video on there. You watch that promo video and there's a whole sequence in there where people are taking targets out of my hand. I, so I, I right, saw that the, and about wet the, myself. Okay. There's a woman in there in a very we're in a very small room she's dressed in black she's got blonde hair and she's hitting the target out of my hand that moment 
that person is the very first person who ever did it. And I knew that I could do it. Mm -hmm. I knew that it would work great. And I booked a speech. Mm -hmm. I didn't practice it with my son. I didn't practice it with anybody. I just knew it would work. And I went and I did it. Yeah. And so just, just go do it. Yeah. But you were prepared. You, you had your, you had a game plan going in. You, you're, trained in the whip you trained in the mental side of it you knew how to teach it you i mean you had all those things where it's like how many things in life built up to where because of your training brought you into that position i just like i said preparedness is like there's over preparedness where people want to be you know they need their third master's degree before they start their business or something right right (laughs) (laughs) yeah analysis paralysis will hold you in place it's just basically a boat anchor i say cut the ropes and sail oh yeah like i (laughs) you know more i know more people that have you learn and you have great stories because they failed so many times but they just kept trying then right how many people like oh yeah i got it right on the first time yeah right well i'll tell you something interesting you keep saying you said once and try and it's interesting when i'm working with a client those are those are red flag words for me. Really? What do you mean by that? Um, what, whatever you're, you know, as I said, we only consciously live in the present moment and it's the thing that's creating our experience. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're saying about your present moment automatically tells you what you're creating. Mm-hmm. So if you're using wanting, needing, hoping, or trying, you're creating wanting, needing, hoping, or trying, right? Change those, act, change those to active words, creating, enjoying. You know, I am jumping off a tower. I am. Whatever you put after the words I am is what you're actually doing. So if you're focused on wanting, needing, hoping, or trying, you're going to sit right there and want, need, hope, and try. That's interesting you say that because, like, I read – I can't keep track of where I get information, so I'm stealing it from somebody. I don't know who. <laughs> but have uh, you ever, like, go, like, hey, John, how are you – or, like, if you said, hey, Rob, how are you doing? I just said, hey, I'm busy. I'm good. And you're like – like you say, you're kind of like – they go, but that really doesn't give the conversation anywhere to go because you're like – Oh, I was going to maybe invite him over to the game tonight or see if you want to go do something. Or then you go, but you really go, oh, he's busy. I don't want to be a jerk and bother him more if he's busy. But if I said, right. like, hey, John, I'm doing great. I just I'm working on a great podcast and I'm looking forward for a good bike ride later, you know, later this week. And you're like, now it opens it up. You're like, oh, I have a podcast to do myself. Do you need anything? Can I help out with something? It opens up the conversation where if you just say I'm right. busy, like you said, you're busy. No one wants to be a. I mean, I'd still be probably be a jerk and be like pry a little bit more, but most people wouldn't. Right. Well, you know, in, in improv comedy, we have a we have a thing we call yes ending. Yes. Somebody says something and you you agree or you give them positive reinforcement and then you add to what they say. Correct. That's the key. That's the key to a great conversation too. You know. So you when but but you, there are something called negging as well. When someone says, "I'm busy," that's a neg statement saying, "You know, leave me alone." Basically. Correct. Yeah. Um, so you know you want to make sure that you're 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 giving opportunities for people to join you in conversation if that's what you want. Yes, very much so, John. Before I let you go, is there anything we left out? Anything you want to add? And what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Easy, corporateactionhero.com, and you'll find my LinkedIn, my Twitter, and all that there. But before we go, I want to make sure you got, I'm going to make sure that you have a link to, and it is a link. You have to use the link to get there. Okay, it's a free gift. It's it's my five F workbook. Okay, and let, let me let me let me just back up. The word free means free. I'm not even going to ask for an email address or anything. What? It's just a link to go get a book, and you can go and get it. But use it, put it in, in, into action. The only thing I will ask that 
It's going to drop you on my site anyway. Look around. Check out my daily vlog. I put out a, a short daily motivational message every day on wow. video. Um, and um, I also have a podcast of my own called the Interaction Hero Podcast. Very good. Well, I'll put a link to everything there on the description for this as well. So if you're listening and you didn't get a chance to write all that down, it'll be there in the description. So I really appreciate it, John, so much. Well, thanks, Rob. It's been a real pleasure. No, absolutely. So if once again, if you ever find yourself in the Denver area, look me up. I definitely will. I'll bring the whips and I'll show you how to do it. Oh, 